about you, but when I was young, um, I'd, I would have those kind of moments in my bedroom where for some reason I just had this, like, I'm, I'm just scared and I can't explain why. Like, you know, we, we talk about the monsters under the bed. Maybe it's we watched, a, we watched a scary movie or for me it was I had just finished reading the newest Goosebumps book because I would always read those in one sitting. And then when you're done, you're like, I can't go to sleep because there's something in my closet or there's something in the attic or we had the, the furnace room was in my bedroom. So every time the furnace turned on, it was like there's a monster in the furnace room. And, and I don't know about you if you were the same as me, but when that moment came that I had this, there's a monster in my room somewhere, the first thing I would do, I wasn't the kid that cried out for mom and dad or anything like that, the first thing I would do is I would take my covers and I would throw them over my head because I knew that somehow the monster, the boogeyman, the bad things going on around me wouldn't be able to get past that magical cover that I had to hide underneath. You know, that, that first line of defense towards all of the different scary things in my life was the blanket. It wasn't crying out. It was the blanket that I can put over my head. Anybody else have that same type of experience growing up where, where the best way to hide from the monsters was to throw the blanket? Am I the, is this a Kansas thing that we hid underneath the blanket in order to stay away? Did, did you guys just cry? Was that it? You all just cried instead, didn't you? That's what it was. Let me guess, Southern Indiana people aren't afraid of monsters under the bed. Is that what's going on here? Bunch of liars. <laughs> no, I, I would. I'd, I'd have these moments where, you know, the, the only thing that I could think to do was to hide under the bed. And I grew up in a home where my parents, you know, they, they got us to church all the time. They, they talked about scripture all the time. So I knew that verse that we find in 2 Timothy chapter 1, where it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but instead he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And, and I was that kid that I'd have my covers over my head and be like, For God did not give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of power. And I'd pull the blankets down and be like, Nope, for God did not give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of, Nope, it's still here. And I would just hide underneath the blanket. And, and it turns out when you fall asleep in that situation, you wake up and you're kind of at this point of, because you have no oxygen, not because you're still scared. And that would happen to me more than I would like to admit. And I think it would happen to more of you than are actually admitting it right now because you're all trying to be those tough Southern Indiana people who don't want to admit that anything could ever be wrong in your life and, you know, that, that you could ever be scared of anything. I get it. I get it. But we, we have these ways that we cope with our fears when we're young. And then what we realize is we get older and we're not afraid of the monsters under the bed anymore. I mean, maybe you're still afraid of spiders, like this irrational fear of spiders or this irrational fear of snakes. I think I told you about a friend that I had that if a bird flew over his car, he would roll his windows up because the bird might have a snake in its beak and it might drop the snake into his window. So he would roll his windows up anytime a bird came over. Fortunately, he lived in a place where there weren't as many birds as there are around here or else the dude would suffocate in his car all the time. But we, we have these different irrational fears that we know that they're irrational. And so we can, help get, we can help ourselves get past them a little bit by at least telling ourselves that they're irrational. But we, we still want to react in ridiculous ways, like rolling up the window when the bird flies overhead. But what about those monsters under the bed that we just can't shake? You know, what about things like, if I try, then I'm going to get rejected, and so we live with this fear of rejection in our life all the time. If I try, I'm going to fail. 
And so we live with this fear of failure, and it holds us back from the things that we know that we can do. If I'm not strict enough with my kids, I'm going to lose them to the dark side. And I really wanted to make a Star Wars reference there, but I couldn't think of a good one, so I'm just going to leave it at that. If I don't condemn this action that somebody else is doing, then they're going to think that I affirm it. So I've got to go out, and I've got to be just so open and blatant and cruel with my words that they know where I stand on things. I fear that I'm going to lose my church if I don't fight for my preferences. I fear that I'm going to lose my freedoms that I have if I don't stand up and constantly just push back on everything. I fear that if I don't get a vaccine, I'll get sick. I fear that if I do get a vaccine, I'll get sick. I fear that if I get the vaccine, I'm going to get sick and I'm going to get everybody else around me sick. I fear that they might shut things down. I fear that I, if I don't wear a mask, people are going to think I don't love them. I, f- I fear that if I do wear a mask, that people are going to think that I'm running around scared. I, feel that, I fear that if I'm going to get caught in this conspiracy machine, if I don't stay vigilant, I fear that the end is near. I fear that if I give my attention to this need, like justice, then they'll think that I don't care about this one, like abortion over here. I feel that if I reach out for reconciliation or to offer forgiveness, they might think that what they did to me was okay. I fear that if I volunteer in this area, then it's going to be a lifetime volunteering position because I hear that that's what happens in the church when you volunteer as you sign up for the rest of your life until the day that you die. I fear that if I join that group, then they might hurt me like this group over here hurt me one time in the past. I fear that if I'm transparent, that they might think less of me or they'll use it against me. I fear that if I embrace this music, they might not ever do the stuff that I like. I fear that this youth pastor might change all the things that the previous youth pastor said. I fear that if I don't do all the fun things now, I'll never get another chance. Because you know, like we used to say when I was younger, YOLO, I never said that, I wasn't ever cool enough. That stands for you only live once, for those of you who weren't in my age bracket. We don't fear monsters under the bed anymore. Instead, we fear the monsters that are walking around everywhere. And sometimes these monsters are monsters that we've created in our own brains. And with some of those things, the fear is a legitimate thing that we should consider. I'm not saying that with all of those things, that because we are not given a spirit of fear and instead we are given a spirit of power, that we should just not consider thinking about any of these things. I'm not saying that that you just run around in life without a care in the world because God told us that, hey, if I care this much for the flowers in the field and I clothe them in splinter, man, imagine how much more I'm going to care about you and imagine how much better clothing I'm going to put on you. And so we go through life and we say, well, I'm not even going to try Because God will take care of me and he'll put clothes on my back if I just sit at home all day long and play video games. Some of the things that he's put inside of us are things that we need to be vigilant about. We need to pay attention to. But how many times do we allow those things to begin to control our actions instead of realizing who's in control of all of those things? See, we've heard a lot over the course of the past year a phrase that you have to have faith over fear. And most of the time, that phrase is used as a weapon against people. It is used as a weapon that if if you are going to do that, and whichever that it is that you're talking about, if you're going to do that, then you don't have enough faith. You're living in fear instead, and shame on you, you're not much of a Christ follower. Not stopping to consider that maybe 
They put some time and some thought into the decisions that they're making, and maybe they actually have talked to God about this, and maybe God has actually led them to make the decision that they've made. Instead, because they're not in agreement with us, we say that you are putting fear over faith instead of having faith over fear. And I would say this morning that fear is faith in the wrong things. Having fear is faith, but it's not in the spot that it's supposed to be. Now again, I don't wanna, I don't wanna tell you this morning that any time that you have any kind of concern over something, that that means that you don't have faith in God. Because I believe that God puts some of the concerns on our hearts, but I also believe that sometimes we like to use the excuse that this isn't actually fear in my life, this is Christian concern. This isn't actually fear in my life, it's just a little bit of anxiety that I have. This isn't actually fear in my life, this is just fill in the blank of what excuse you like to use. I use them. You know, as I've, as I've taken some time to kind of think through this idea of the things that we, we live in fear of, I've realized that, you know, my, my wife will often say that I don't have any fears. Because I, I don't, when I sit there and I try to think of like those irrational fears that people have, I'm not afraid of spiders, I'm not afraid of snakes. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go down and I'm going to grab the first snake off the ground that I see because I think that there is a healthy respect that you need to have of snakes. Because I don't know my snakes, one from the other, well enough to know if this one's going to kill me or if this one's just going to tickle my arm. And so I have a healthy respect for snakes. Same goes for spiders. I'm not going to go and put my hand down there and let it crawl up on my arm if I don't know what it is. But I'm also not going to run screaming from the room like my wife Sarah does. So I don't, I don't have those things. But I've realized as I've gone through life that there are things that I allow to control my life because I'm afraid of them. Because these are areas that, that I fear the most and therefore trust God the least with. Things like being absolutely transparent with people. Now some would say that I'm too transparent, especially when I get up and I speak because I share things that they're like, oof, I, I don't think I would have told people that that's what was going through your head right there. But those are usually those dumb comments that come out of my mind that later I'm like, bring that back, bring that back. But to truly just, to find those people in my life and just lay it all out. You can call it transparency, you can call it vulnerability, whatever. Those are things that in my life, that I live in fear of. Because I'm afraid that if I'm really open with somebody and I'm really vulnerable with somebody, what they're going to see is that I have some, I have some incredible weaknesses. You know, a lot of people, they sit and they They'll tell me, man, you are, you are so confident. When in reality, if I'm really being open with people and honest with people, I'm not nearly as confident as I look when I stand up in front of people. I'm not afraid to get up and speak in front of people. That's, I know for a lot of people, that's like the number one fear. For me, that's like number 1,000. It doesn't bother me at all to stand up in front of people. But getting into a more of a one-on-one -on -one situation or a counseling type of a situation or a, a spot where I can't have some words, at least some of them prepared when I walk into them, it's not the same kind of confidence level. 
And so I live in a way that I try to avoid those kinds of things rather than saying, hey, God, I know that you want me to do this, so I'm going to walk into this, and, man, I'm, I'm really going to need you to come through in this moment and just put words in my mouth that I don't even understand how they came out. Now, I, I take that back. I say a lot of words that I, under, I can't understand how they came out, but I want them to be the words that God actually wanted to have come out of my mouth in that moment. For you, it may be something completely different. It may not be that you're afraid to be vulnerable, you're afraid to be transparent. I mean, to you, it's like, no, those things are easy. In fact, for some of us, there are people in our lives that are like, I kind of think that maybe you need to be a little bit less transparent and a little bit less vulnerable because I don't need to know about the diarrhea that you had yesterday. I had a family member that used to like to make the prayer request on Sunday morning that his wife was at home because she had the constipation. And those are the types of things that everybody else was sitting there going, I feel like that could have been more of an individual prayer request instead of a let everybody know about it. But what about when we get to those things that are, we need people to help us walk through them. You know, I, I've mentioned over the course of this past week that Southern Indiana people, I've realized, are very stubborn. And I love it because I'm right there with you. And you're, and you're raised tough. You're raised to be strong, and I love it because that's how I was raised to be. But sometimes that can come to our detriment because we're not willing to be vulnerable with the people who can actually help us through the things that we need them to help us through. And I don't just mean hard times. I mean the struggles, the temptations that we have that we're afraid to let them know about because what if they hear about that and they think less of me because of it? What if they hear about that and they think, wow, what a hypocrite. He gets up there every Sunday morning and he teaches us things and that's what's going through his head the rest of the week? How in the world are we supposed to think anything of that guy? See, fear is faith, but it's faith in the wrong things. I just, I read a whole list of things to you that maybe none of those things are things that you walk around fearful of, but I would guess that most people in here have something that you're sitting there and you're holding on to and you're making an excuse as to why you're going to walk with that and be fearful of that rather than just letting it go. And living a life that we're promised that we can live in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 where he says that you are not given this spirit of fear. I think one of the big things that we have to do that we're afraid to do is we have to, we have to call out the thing that we're afraid of. We have to actually admit that I am afraid of this. I live in fear of this thing. And when I say call it out, I don't necessarily mean that, that you stand up on Sunday morning and you say, I'm afraid of, so that everybody around you can use that against you for the rest of your life if you say spiders, which they will do because